You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system, up to a 313-mile range, and A-Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, their ZDX is the most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Want to earn extra cash for the holidays? Amazon Flex is expanding in the San Francisco Bay Area. Opportunities in Richmond, Oakland, and Daly City. Earn around $20 to $27 an hour delivering packages with Amazon. All you need is a car, a smartphone, and some free time. This is a great opportunity to be your own boss, deliver when you want, and make extra money. With Amazon Flex, you'll have flexible hours and great earnings. To get started, download the app at flex.amazon.com. That's F-L-E-X amazon.com. You must be at least 21 years old. Limited opportunities available. Get started at flex.amazon.com. You are listening to NBC Sports Radio. Sports Radio. Weekends. This is the Two Robbies Football Show. Your number one source for Premier League football on NBC Sports Radio. Now, your hosts, Robbie Musto and Robbie Earl. Robbie Earl. Hello and welcome to the Two Robbies Football Show here on NBC Sports Radio with myself, Robbie Mustard, with my buddy, Robbie Earl, where we're talking all things Premier League. Now, my friend, we have a top six and a bottom six after today's results. Or is it a top one after Chelsea brushed aside Arsenal 3-1 at Stamford Bridge? That's where we have to start, my friend, a comprehensive uh, quality, ruthless performance from Chelsea against Arsenal that I didn't see coming that was that easy for the home side. What do you think? No, Rob, and I think it's one of those days where I've got to drill down to the real detail and I've got to be totally honest in my assessment here. Just wanting to know that the Arsen Wenger pyjamas have gone in a draw. <laughs> he's, he's on a touchline banner. He's, he's on a touchline banner and I just felt that that was symptomatic to maybe putting him in the draw. I'm now sitting in in my Antonio Conte onesie. There's a new Antonio <laughs> Conte onesie in town. There's, there's a new guy. But no, seriously, Robin, and, 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 it, and it was seriously for, for, for Arsenal today, because this was a huge game. I've been lost midweek against Watford. People were starting to say, OK, is it same old? Is it same old? Can they lift it for a game? This is the team that beat Chelsea early in the season. Chelsea then turned things around with a change of system and a new way of going on under the manager. So it was all on today. It was like, OK, let's see where you're at. Let me, let me put it in very basic terms. Physically, in a game like today, Arsenal weren't up for it. Not, not good enough. Mentally, mental strength, the things you have to do to stay in games, to stay ahead in games, to make sure you, you keep um, the clean sheets if need be, not good enough. Tactically, Robbie Musto, in terms of the team setup, no, he changed mm. to a three formation. Not good enough, not, not robust enough, not, not confident enough. Technically, I still think there's an argument. Technically, over, over the season, Arsenal may have enough. But over 38 games, with, with some teams like Chelsea, you'll dominate possession. Other teams where you'll dominate them like Watford, but you don't score. 38 games, physically, mentally, and tactically, Arsenal are not good enough. End of. 
Oh, Robbie Earl fired up, and, and, I, and I'm with you. I mean, I was just surprised how easy it was for Chelsea. Um, I think our commentators in the game talked about men against boys. Mm, yeah, I wrote three things down when I'm watching the game. I wrote down intensity, determination, and attitude. And that's what was very impressive with Chelsea Football Club today. We all know about the system. We all know about the manager. Um, but just the way that they're set up right now, the weather they're playing, the conference, the determination levels, it's absolutely fantastic. And yeah. I, I just thought that for Chelsea, it, not not one of their easiest games, mm. but not far off of being one of their yeah. easiest games of the season where they do their thing, mm. they, they they flex their muscles, they move the ball nicely. Yeah. Pedro's back in the side for Willian on the right-hand side with Costa and Hazard, who Hazard just, just looked up for it from an yeah. early little move mm. that I saw him turn. A, I think, I can't remember who it was now. He turned somebody on the... Um, on near the sideline, he gets in behind, and he was yeah. up for the match. So yeah. from from Chelsea, we'll get on talk. We'll get on talk about Arsenal plenty. I just yeah. think it's a time to, to focus on this game, why they were so good, Chelsea, and what's making them such a strong team at the moment. I, I think you look at things, Robbie. I, I looked at the team. You look at the setup. You look at, at, at the quality on both sides. Chelsea, we know, will defend well with the back three. The two guys, Alonso uh, and, and Moses, will sit in when they have to. If it becomes a five for a period, they'll deal with that. Azord and Pedro will do their share of work as well in, in dropping in and out per Kante and Matic. But you just sense when they got the ball robbed, their big players come alive. You say Azord was up for it today. He, he, he was on it. Pedro looked lively. Diego Costa, I thought at times his, his linking play was, was excellent, knowing when to show, knowing when to threaten him behind. Just made everything happen. You look on the other side, Rob, it didn't happen for Meza Ozil. It didn't happen for Alexis Sanchez. It didn't certainly happen for Theo Walcott. So... Your game winners, your go-to players, your players who might, you know, hurt Chelsea and, and then put them on the back foot a little bit, didn't really influence the game. And then I go to one key area in the pitch, and I know this changed as, as the game went on, but there was a point in the game, Musto, where as defensive midfield players, and I know maybe Arsenal were chasing the game, they had Alex Awobi and Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain as their two holding uh, midfield players against... and. Um, N'Golo Conte and the Manu Matic, two of the best, two powerful, two who can win. Conte would tackle his grand, then tackle his granddad and his sister to win the ball. That's how determined he is to get it. And then ahead of Conte and Matic was Azard, who was on fire. Ahead of Iwobi and Chamberlain was Ozil, who at times, I've got to tell you, if I was his teammate, I'd have him round the neck. I've got to be honest, Rob. I know he's got an ability, and I know he's languid in his style and he's different. There was times he wasn't running. There was times he wasn't jumping. There was times he wasn't doing anything when the opposition had the ball, apart from being, almost being like a spectator. Now, I looked at that middle three, Wobi, Chamberlain and Ozil, and thought, can that, how, how can that three win me a title? How can that three be robust enough to when Azard's making them? And there was loads of talk, Rob, about the first goal and whether it was a foul. I didn't think it was a foul. I no. thought that, that Alonso goes in with his arm and he has a right, because Bellerin goes up with his arm, but Bellerin drops his arm because yeah, he, he's not in a good time. position. And I'm yeah. always saying, your arms are like, I always think, a, a safety belts in a car. Put them on, because, keep them on there, because you never know what's coming. Now, it was interesting that Lee Dixon was, was doing the game, and I'd love to have said to Lee, if Lee Dixon was the right-back, which he played for many years at Arsenal, he wouldn't have got caught in the same way that Bellerin is. And I'm pleased it hopefully looks like Bellerin's not had too serious an injury. But Lee Dixon would have protected himself better going into that challenge and tried to, to make sure we put Alonso off. But 
All the attention was on that first goal, Rob. Talk to me about the second goal, when you, your defensive midfield player, Cochrane, gets shrugged. <laughs> shrugged. I mean, go to the bad, gym yeah, and do bad. some weights by Eddie Nazard, who's, who's five foot something. Yes, he, he's built and got balance. But I'm thinking, if that's Patrick Vieira, if, if that's Manuel Petit, if that's the kind of player we've used to seeing in winning Arsenal teams... Eddie Nazard isn't getting there, by the way. Eddie Nazard's going down. He's either being fouled or him and the ball are not going past him. And those are little things, Rob, that I'm saying that Arsene Wenger wasn't talking about after the game. He was talking about the first goal and it should have been a foul and that. How about the, the not closing down the cross that came in? Yeah, How twice. About, twice, yeah. How about that side? How about the midfield players, you know, being bypassed easily? What about all that stuff as well? Because, OK... There was a focus on, you know, 50-50 maybe, whether it was a foul or not. I certainly didn't think it was a foul, whether I would be attacking it or defending it. Um, but I, I, it was just one of those where I just felt there was a huge psychological, mental difference between the two groups of players, Rob. And that's a problem for Arsenal. If you can't get up for the Watford days and people go, well, that's Arsenal, but you don't get up for the Chelsea days, then it's starting to be a bit more worrying. There's been a lot of talk about Chelsea and what Antonio's uh, Conte's brought mm. to the club in terms of uh, uh, mentality and mm. system change. I just want to quickly t talk about new players because yeah. this isn't the same team as last year. I hear it quite a lot where yeah, a this myth. is the same Chelsea players of last year. The manager's done this, that, and the other. The system, etc., which is which are valid points. But there's been changes. There's been mm. a transition. There's no more uh, Ivanovic. There's no more John Terry. The average age is down a little bit. And you bring in Marcus Alonso. Mm. Good signing. Good acquisition. Victor Moses brought in from nowhere, good signing. Mm. I think when you look at Chelsea in the bigger picture, yeah. um, what they've done, okay, and we can compare to a lot of the other mm. clubs, they've had really good recruitment for yeah. a long time. Yeah. Good players cost a lot of money, but mm. good players are good players for many years. Eden Hazard's yeah. a good yeah. signing for many years. So is Pedro. Yeah. Diego Costa was a good signing. As Peli Cuerta. I mean, it, it, this, I look at the dominance of Chelsea and I'm thinking... Well, you know what? This isn't just about this season. This is yeah. about a club that spent a lot of money but have bought good players that are good players for a long period of time. And if they don't start in a the team, they go out on loan, they make mm. the money on the other side of things. So apart from the manager, apart yeah. from this team, I think Kudos has to go to the club in the way that it's spent a lot of money, yes, but it's built a blimming good squad of players that with the right manager can produce year after year after year. Let me give you a scenario, Robbie Musto, and it, and it came to me today, to be honest, and I was thinking about it, and I thought, OK, we've both got, we got $50 million in, in, in our pocket, and we can go and get a defensive midfield player. Arsenal go and spend $45, 46000000 million on Granit Xhaka, who I think is going to be a good player, but we've still been shown that his temperament's not great in these games. Granit Xhaka was bought, was bought for the football club in May for $46 million. N'Golo Conte was bought for $40 million, so you save yourself five, from Leicester City in the June of last year. Now, I'm saying, why isn't N'Golo Conte on... Arsenal's radar. If he yeah. is on Arsenal's radar, why he is it? He was on their it, radar. Yeah, but why are they not getting him, Rob? They finished higher than Chelsea last year. What did, en what did Angolo Conte see, or what was, was uh, the driver to go to Chelsea, but it wasn't to go to Arsenal? Because that is a worry. If you've got a choice of those two clubs and you, you, you're instantly picking Chelsea after they finished 10th, was it, last season, and, and Arsenal finished 2nd, then for the same money, I I'm saying that seems like a problem, Rob.
Yeah, Arsene Wenger was asked about it, Rob, yesterday at his press conferences. Oh, okay. and, and, like, and he said, yeah, I knew about him. I looked at him when he was playing in France. I looked at him in the summer when he was at Leicester. But they didn't buy him. And he yeah. kind of hinted. He said, well, you've seen... You, why, you know, the question was asked, why didn't you get him? And his answer was, well, you, you see the club he's at now. Hinting that, that, that Chelsea, yeah. they pay the most money. He's going to go there. But if they want to be serious about titles and that, that board, that manager, that club, you've got to go and buy somebody that's going to make a difference. Because he would have made a huge difference to this team. You're not wrong, mate. Great chat on, on this one. We're going to continue the talk on Chelsea and Arsenal from this morning. When we get back, let's do a little bit deeper into the future of, of North London. Just where are Arsenal going under Arsene Wenger? You're listening to the Two Robbie Football Show on NBC Sports Radio. We'll be back in a moment. Don't leave us. We've got abandonment issues. NBC Sports Radio will be right back. You've been very patient. Here's your reward. NBC Sports Radio is back right now. Welcome back to the Two Robbies Football Show here on NBC Sports Radio with myself, Robbie Muster, and my buddy, Robbie Earl. Okay, let's talk a little bit more about Arsenal. Let's get dive a little bit deeper into their situation. But before we do that, Rob, let's just get a few tweets here. I got a tweet from Reid Oldham. Basically, I tweeted out to say, give us reasons why Wenger should stay on at Arsenal. Now, we've got plenty of replies, and it's going to read a couple here. It's from Reid Oldham. Tweets us to say, still top four, has the worst owner in sports, excellent tactician, loyal to his players. Eric Wilde tweets us to say regarding Arsenal, keeps control of the dressing room, but uninspiring, consistent, but boring, predictable, but never impressive. At some point, change has to come. The fans will only put up with mediocrity after tasting great greatness once for so long. Yeah, I've got a few here as well, Rob. Similar, there's one here that says that Arsene Wenger from GT that said, hard to remove when seemingly bolted to furniture. Rusted into might be the better phrase, which hmm, seems that like he's been there too long for GT. Landon Fiore said there's no good reasons why he should stay, so there's certainly a little bit of Wenger out there. Mark Bajorski said... Well, a little bit tongue-in-cheek, because I see he's a Spurs official fan here. He says, I personally love seeing him lead them to fourth-place mediocrity. And that is almost the point, Rob, isn't it? That, that, that you know, people now believe he, he can finish in fourth spot. I saw a tweet earlier today that, that I thought was really interesting, that, that somebody put out uh, and, and just said, Wenger's been great for the football club and, and they hate to see him lose, but there's two things that would do it. One, not qualifying for Champions League, so not finishing top four. Or two, finishing below Spurs will be... Any of those two were to happen will be time for him to go. And there still is a possibility, Rob, that, you know, that, that, that Arsenal are not guaranteed a top four spot yet. And um, certainly not guaranteed to, to finish against Spurs. Are we getting to the stage where this discussion is gathering more pace? Is it getting stronger? Is, 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 is it time now for... The Arsenal board, the, 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 the people who are running the football club to start taking more notice? Or are they just happy with fourth? Or are they OK that other teams are, are winning things and going on? But, but their football club, as long as they finish fourth and keep their financial situation as sound as they can, is that what the ambition of, of Arsenal has become? So, so let's quickly, let's just quickly get to that point straight away, Rob. Let's just establish where the ceiling is. Is there a ceiling right now with Arsenal Football Club that is... 
second, third or fourth because of other clubs like Man City, like Chelsea, you know, United, mm. that they're not mm. there right now, that have spent a lot more money, yeah. that we can't compete in those transfer fees. We can't compete with what Chelsea can pay and Golo Kante. We can't compete with those. Are we... Are we are we right to think? And, and I'm, I'm thinking that's absolute rubbish. I, I'm yeah, thinking this yeah. is a giant football club. It's got, yeah. is it the, the biggest, mm. the, the highest amount of revenue on a match day because of the stadium, yeah, because of the corporate? Tickets, yeah. I'm thinking they should be knocking through that ceiling. Mm. They should yeah. absolutely be tr trying to win the championship. Last yeah. year, I thought it should have been this year. And why not this season? So let's establish that. Are you, yeah. are you with me that, 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 that they aren't knocking against the ceiling? They can absolutely, should be challenging higher or yeah, wages sure. and money stopping them. For sure. It, it, wages and money aren't stopping them. They have to do their business properly, sign you, your best players, make sure you keep hold of them, bring, back, bring better players in. They've spent money, Rob. They, they, there's, there's players who've come into the football club who've not made them that, that much better, but there's, there's enough depth in this squad. There's enough talent in this squad, Rob. There's a couple of little, maybe, personality things missing, but that, the reason that, they, that Arsenal aren't winning titles is, is not to do with the ceiling, with the money. Leicester have shown us last season that it's not about money, Rob. These, these other things that are important over a 38-game season, and those are the things that, we, unfortunately, Arsene Wenger has to address. I mean, I had a, a tweet the other day, and, and um, this person kind of uh, recommended an article I should read about mm. Arsene Wenger, and it basically kind of said, you know, all you ex-players and pundits and analysts of the game, you know, just look at the table. You're forgetting. You're forgetting that we're ahead of Man City. We're ahead of Manchester United. We're ahead of these other clubs in, in Arsenal Football Club. And, like, what, what are you going on about? We're still beating those clubs. We're still performing well. And, and he had no problem with Arsene mm. Wenger. I just disagree. Yeah. I think with other managers, that can add mentality. The team, the squad, probably needs two players. Yeah. Two players, yeah. in my opinion, it, it, because the squad is so good, that's all they need. It's interesting, Rob, because, because you know, similarly, I've got friends who are, are Arsenal fans, people who you have contact with, whether it's through social media and they're not. Listen, I'm, I'm, not, I, I'm not an Arsenal fan, but, you know, whether they win, lose or draw, in some respect, it doesn't really matter Well, you've matter supported Wenger a long I, time, I've, I've Rob, supported Wenger a long time, and I'll tell you why, because when, I, when he first came to, to, to Arsenal, he was at Highbury, I used to go and watch matches, Rob. I paid to go and watch his teams play at the start of the Emirates. I used to go and watch games whenever I was around. I used to live in London, because I'd like to see how his teams play. This guy was almost ahead of his time. But it looks to me like things have caught up. Now, the, the, it, whether ex-pundits, in our opinion, and whether we need things or not, do you know when the end of the day is not as important as two, two groups? The board who, sit on, who run this football club and the group of fans, Rob. It, it, eventually, it comes down to them. They're the people who are buying the merchandise. They're the people who are paying the season tickets. And they're they can the get them out. Who are putting it. And if they decide that it's time, they, could, they can make a move to, to exactly get him out. Now, I look today, Rob, at, at, at a team like Arsenal, and they've got passengers. It was too easy for some Arsenal players today to not put a shift in. I look at the other guy who's coming in at Chelsea... Not a passenger on the team. They don't have passengers. Mm. That team's driven. This geezer's jumping in the crowd every time it's a goal scored. <laughs> this geezer's running up and down. Now, if you're not going to have the drive, if you're not going to have an Adams or a Vieira, because maybe that type isn't there, you've got to have it somewhere else. Maybe it comes from the side. Maybe the Conte is that guy who gives you that drive and that steel and that you see him involved in the game. But somewhere Arsenal are lacking that, and until they, till they 
fill that void until somebody recognises it. And somebody's got to take responsibility for this at Arsenal Football Club, whether it's the board, whether it's Arsene Wenger, or whether it's maybe in years gone past, maybe in Lee Dixon's era, where the players sometimes can get hold of each other and say, hold on a minute, this isn't good enough. But somebody has to take responsibility and get this club back challenging and being part of Charles. Because it's a, it's, a, it's a lame excuse to say it's money and there's a ceiling and wages. Yeah. It's nothing yeah, to do with any of those things. Yeah, listen, listen, I agree, and, and I think, you know, we've seen the good football for Arsenal for many years now, and we've seen the kind of the, the spending that's been controlled by Arsene Wenger. In my opinion, the club needs a new change in direction in everything. And I'll tell you something else. I'll give you a name. Diego Simeone, Atletico Madrid, has kind of run its natural course. He's done a fantastic job there. But you talk about somebody like Antonio Conte, somebody that's well-organized, and he, and he drives from the sideline, and he pushes people forward. And he'll get those talented star players of Arsenal to run up and down, and he'll bring in the right type of players um, to make a difference to that football club. He, in my opinion, would be the right guy to do it. Any problem with that? No, Quickly. absolutely no problem, Robert. I think you're right. I think there is a, there's a risk, always a risk. But when you see what Antonio Conte's done with that group of players, there's quality at Arsenal to turn that thing around. Well, we will be back to discuss all things Liverpool Football Club. Amazing performance against Chelsea. Well, not maybe amazing, but a 1-1 draw on Tuesday night. They go across to Hull City and lose 2-0. There's a few people starting to talk about Jurgen Klopp. Are they being unfair? We will discuss after this. You're listening to the Two Robbies Football Show on NBC Sports Radio. Back in a moment. Football show. Listen 24 7 online or with the app. NBC Sports Radio and NBCSportsRadio.com because every day is game day. Welcome back to the Two Robbies Football Show. Now, Liverpool Football Club, decent result midweek, but lost today at Hull City 2 0. Now, I tweeted at to Liverpool fans asking, you know, is, is is people starting to question Jurgen Klopp? Is this a blip? Are there deeper issues? And I had plenty of responses. There's a couple. V-Man313 tweets us to say, start of January, Liverpool were in championship race. They refused to buy. I think his arrogance to win with average talent cost us. Steve Grieve text us, uh, tweeted us to say, quality of 1v1 defending when press is evaded is a huge issue. Also, money away hasn't helped. Blip, but predictable. This is what Jurgen Klopp had to say about performance after the match. In this moment, obviously, it was it was not enough. I mean, you think about the last few weeks or something, something then it's um, that we played completely different against Chelsea. It was another game. We were completely, from the first second, really in the game, in all challenges and all that stuff. And then a few days, four days later, you play like we played in the first half, so that makes um, no sense. We have to take the criticism uh, 100%. And, um, yeah, think about it, find a few answers and react. That's very important. Mm. Interesting, Robbie Musto. Probably one of the first times I've heard Jurgen Klopp, not particularly on the front foot, seemingly scratching his head, a little bit shorter uh, of opinions and, 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 and the right words to describe the way team. I think he's disappointed. I, I think 
he felt he knew his group of players. He knows a certain level of performance that he's going to get from them. And, and maybe since the turn of the year, that's changed. Obviously, Mane being away hasn't helped. Injuries, the matchup situation with the, with the international clearance, etc., didn't help. But I've got to be honest, and I'll go back to the start of the season. Liverpool were never really in a title race, I don't think. We, we've seen Liverpool have some great days and days when they've scored quite good football and scored goals. And we've, we've been excited by them. We've talked about, you know, can they keep this going? But the answer was, the answer quite clearly is no at the moment. They, they can't Why? keep this Why going. Why can't they? Why well, can't well, they do it? Well, Liverpool, to, 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 to be challenging, have to have virtually their best 11 players all playing at their best. To, start, to, to, to even be able to match what, what the other teams do. They haven't got the strength in depth, Rob. They've still got defensive problems. The goalkeeper still not 100% sure, but, you know, that, that debate will, will run on. There's, there's been... I don't think you can do the kind of press with, with the amount of league games, with cup games, um, and, and the demands of Premier League football. You have to have an alternative to that high press. And, and I've been a little bit kind of... I've been a little bit... Not bored, but all this, oh, he, this guy's running this far, and this guy's running this far, and this, you know, listen, if it was about, if it was about running, put 11 marathon runners in the team, and you'll get the biggest stats. It's about where you run and how you run, and sometimes running is, is not a bad thing. Sometimes staying in the right place is just as important as running out of spaces, and listen, at their best, when the press is on and, and they're playing that, flu uh, they can fluctuate between two styles. Yes, they're, they're a real threat, and when the big boys are on, they can, they can challenge any of the top teams. Not lost to the top six teams, Rob, but their four losses have come against Bournemouth, against Burnley, against Hull, and against Swansea. In all games, they'll have had more possession. The opposition sat deep, and they've struggled to break them down because they've not been quite on it. I think you get leggy in that system, and you're not breaking teams down in the same manner as when everything's flying and you're on top of your game. I think, uh, as, a, as a player, I think the emotional boost that he gives you mm. is fantastic. And there's a... I don't think there's an indefinite amount of time that that can work for. So I think mm. at the moment, the team look a little bit spent. They look a, a little jaded. bit dire. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because it's really hard to play with that emotion that he do demands. Yeah. Yeah. Flat you, out, heavy You can't metal, do it for 38 games. You can't you do know. it. And, yeah. and, and I would go on to say, he should realise in this league, that's really hard to do. So... In those times when the player, when they're mm. not playing well, Plan B. Okay, yeah, this yeah. is the situation. We're not flying. We're not, yeah. you know, playing this great football. Okay, we got to grind a little bit. We got to Chelsea a little bit. We got to get behind the ball, and we'll wait for our opportunities because they will come. It just seems that when they can't play their their A game at 100%, it kind of goes to to pretty crappy, and that's got to be a problem for him. And I yeah. and I think you know we talk about goalkeeper, we talk about defensive players, we're talking about the same issues, Rob. Do you think that that Jurgen Klopp is not doing a great job of fixing their issues. You've still got a, a midfield player le playing at left back. You've still got issues at central defence. You're still not sure about the goalkeeper. Some of this, this kind of stopping progression, is down to him, isn't it? Yeah, but I think it's going to take time, Rob. I, don't, I think, and I said at the start of the season, I'm going to, Liverpool are two seasons away in terms of club, in terms of windows, in terms of spending, in terms of chemistry, and understanding what the manager wants. The manager understanding the league has not been in the league that, that, that long. I think they're two years away from, like, dusting their hands down yeah. saying, right, we're ready. And, and, and so you've got to give this guy time. He's the right guy. 
given the right money and, and, the, and the right and amount patience. of patience, it just got, I just get the sense one or two of Liverpool fans want it now. I think they felt that he was going to take them there quickly. It ain't going to happen like that, Rob. Put some proper building blocks in place. They'll need another step again. They need to go and upgrade again to, to get into um, you know, challenging the, the top guys. But we also got to mention the whole, Rob. We, we, we shouldn't yeah. take anything away from him. Marco Silva's done a fantastic job. But I think it was 10 players in the window. We saw the, the advantage of that today. He had different players in, in, in defensive situations, in midfield. He had likes of Grakowski, Njai, uh, Evandro, Alabdalawi. You know, in, in different parts of the pitch, he had new players who have brought something to his team. And all of a sudden, Rob, they've got a little bit of a confidence, a little bit of bounce going. Yeah, I mean, he's, they've rebuilt the club. New manager, new players. This should have been done six months ago. I mean, this should have been done in the summer. For whatever reason, the manager situation was a nightmare of uh, Bruce walking out. There's new players that came in. But that was then, this is now. And you've mm. got to give him full marks. Hull City have got a very good chance, like others down the bottom, avoiding relegation. So that, that's impressive. Full marks to Marco Silva. Let's see if he gets out of it. Another game that we've got to talk about, Spurs. Mm. Yep. Spurs against Middlesbrough. Um, got frustrated for a little while, but they found yeah. a way to win. And yeah. they look strong, Rob, don't they, Spurs? They'll have a yeah. disappoint you a little bit, but they bounce back again with a decent victory against a stubborn Middlesbrough team. Yeah, um, what I would say, and, 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 and I think there's a little bit of mental strength starting to come with, with Spurs now. It took a while, and as you say, I mean, it was a penalty in the end, but, you know, there was a hint of frustrating just starting to build. But I just, I just felt in the last 10 minutes the team got a bit nervous. You know, uh, Darun had a great chance, didn't he? Fell over his shoulder, didn't connect with it. There was a couple of free kicks that were coming in. Yeah. You just felt the crowd were getting nervous, if, like, one is enough. Just feel they've got to take that second chance, make it a little bit more comfortable, that final pass, just take that little bit more care. A bit like Chelsea and see a game, you know, be a bit more comfortable in, in, in the leads because they don't want to be biting their nails. But at the moment, if they can keep their nerve, Rob, I would have to say they look the most likely. And at the moment, we're saying one week it's Spurs and next week it's Liverpool, Man City or, or Arsenal, you know, who's going to close them? None of them are really making a great effort of it. But if the ones that are, in terms of t technical ability and the way they're playing, you'd probably say Spurs have shown the most consistency. I mean, it seems that each week goes by and we rule out another team <laughs> yeah. for the championship. And, mm. and right now, I mean, after this, this week of matches, Arsenal are out and Liverpool are out to, to challenge yeah. Chelsea. So Spurs are there and, and I guess they'll be relieved that they've got past Middlesbrough. I think the goals are going to be an issue. They're the lowest scoring of the top four right now. And we know about Kane, we know about Deli Alley. Other players have to, have to take their chances. We ran through the highlights today on our broadcast. Yeah. And, and they could have scored four or five goals. Shilman yeah. Son looks really, really good. They're not, Christian Eriksen had opportunities. They're not taking their chances. That has to change. Um, else they're going to they're find a way to drop off. But in terms of the challenges for Chelsea, Spurs are, uh, 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 looks like they're most likely to challenge them. Maybe Manchester City as well. But uh, got the job done. Middlesbrough. Mm. Mm. Worrying times for them a little mm. bit, I feel. It's going to be a tough run-in, not a great January window. Um, they've got some work to do for sure. Yeah, that, that was the top six. I'm afraid, mostly I agree with you. I think Middlesbrough banging a relegation scrap. We're going to turn our attention to the other teams that are struggling at the, at the basement of the league. And what was a fascinating day in the Premier League, Everton getting six, Palace conceding four. We'll look also a quick look at the two Manchester teams. They've got monster games tomorrow on what the day that's Super Bowl Sunday where uh, City face Swansea and United they go to struggling Leicester. This is Two Robbies Football Show on NBC Sports Radio. We'll be back in a tick. 
Hi, this is Neil Smith, two-time Super Bowl champion. You're listening to NBC Sports Radio. to Robbie's football show here on NBC Sports Radio. Now, my friend, the biggest shock, and I was shocked at this result, came at the bottom of the league, where Crystal Palace played Sunderland at home and lost 4-0. Yes, 4-0 at home. Sam Allardyce was meant to have been the man to come into Palace, and everybody was okay with it, and he, I thought he came in with a kind of a swagger, and everything's going to be all right. I don't get relegated. I'm the man to take this club away from Alan Pardew and get the results. He is struggling to have an impact, Robbie Earl. Yeah, it's interesting you say swagger, Rob. I didn't quite get the same sense of swagger. I mean, was it 4-0 at Confidence, half-time? though. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, it, but it I think it's conf- confidence having been the England manager and confident to do the job. But mm. 4-0 at half-time, was it? I mean, uh, the goals yeah. were, were, were schoolboy error. Whether he's played three at the back that he did today or back four, he's not got it right. I know he's talking about some new signings will come in and help, Rob. But something really has been standing out to me since Sam Allardyce took this job. And I heard it again today, and I think Rebecca made a, a little mention of it on the broadcast. He said, after the game... They need to have a look at themselves in the mirror, one or two, and make sure they don't put in those kind of performances again. Big days for me. Since Sam Allardyce has been at this football club, I've very rarely heard him say us and we. I've heard him say they and them, as if there's a divide, as if he's not really the manager. It's like he's just like some warden who's taken it for a few days. Sam's always had a spirit and a a way of getting out of things where there's been a togetherness. I don't get the sense yet that this togetherness is is right, this football club. And I look at the group, Rob. I look at the individuals. I look at the squad. I look at the home... I I, I played for 10 years at Sellers Park. Know what it's like when the crowd get behind them there. And we've seen some great scenes of Crystal Mm. Palace. It was toxic today where they they were saying, you're not not fit to wear the shirt. Something is badly wrong when when Crystal Palace fans are turning that way. And and it's a worry, Rob, because everybody else down there is picking up a little bit. Sunderland, obviously, the win. Hull City look best. Swansea are starting to win games. Whether Mm. they can drag one of those two. But at the moment, you're probably saying... Crystal Palace are the team in in the least form of, of the t- of the six teams down there. Sometimes, you know, as analysts, we watch nearly all the games and, and we have a, a big opinion about all the players. I look at this Crystal Palace squad and I just don't think it's relegation material. You can look no at way, Scott yeah. Dan. You can look at Scott yeah. Dan, a very experienced, consistent defender Talk about who scores Chelsea goals. at one time last year. Yeah. People You've got Johan Kabai, Rob in midfield. You've got Jason Punchin, who's Punchin. done great work. You've got Wilfred Zaha, that's been at Manchester ben United. Teke. England. Yeah, Ben Teke. You've got, you've got Patrick Van Allen that's coming for 17.5. Yeah, I just... Something's not right, mm, and, I, no. and, I, and I don't. I don't know what it is. When when Pardew was there, I thought oh, it's okay. They're having a bad run, but they'll find a way to get out of yeah. it. I mean, Big Sam sometimes takes a little bit of time, Rob, to figure things out. Yeah, I thought he correct. did Tuesday night. They go away from him to yeah. Bournemouth. They win 2-0. And I'm thinking, here we go. This is, this mm. is going to start to put it around now. But this result, I mean, it w- was shocking to me. David Moyes at Sunderland, full marks. Full marks to yeah. him. There's been negativity around him for a while now. The transfer market, etc., etc. What a result it was. Defoe scoring a couple of goals. Just, just remarkable what he's doing now at the club. Yep, for, for sure, and, and, and it's going to be a, a race right until the end. We'll have to look at a couple of other results, Rob. 
the, yeah. from, the, from this weekend. Like, let's, Everton scoring six, Lukaku getting four, taking him top top of the charts, just what Ronald Koeman would want. Guess the Bournemouth team who are heading in the wrong direction quickly, they're not, not going to get caught in relegation scrap, are they, Bournemouth? I don't think they're safe. I don't think they're safe. We know what points that you're going to be safe is 40 points. Bournemouth have got 26 mm. points, Rob. That's a lot of points to get mm. from 26. Now, when you look below the bottom six, as I said at the start of the show, they look, of course, the most likely to go down. But there's worrying. It's worrying what's happening at the Bournemouth Football Club. Less worrying. I want to touch on West Ham. West Ham yeah. United, all of a sudden, a squeaky good ride. They get rid of the guy, mm. Dimitri Payet, who doesn't want to play at the club. That's probably dragging people down. Uh, Andy Carroll is fit again. He's playing every week, scoring. Goals. Good full marks to Slavin Bilic, Rob, for getting his team back mm. on track and, and, and flying up the table. Yeah, it was difficult. Remember the emotional Bilic we saw when, when Payet sort of let him down, said he didn't want to play and all that, but he, he took it on the chin, he, he handled it well, he got him out of the football club, he, he built a little bit more spirit. And West Ham are where I thought Crystal Palace kind of would be, Rob, with yeah. that group. Oh, Samuel Gate going. I'm telling you, they're right in it at the moment. So let's, let's look ahead to um, two games tomorrow, Rob. Manchester City at home to Swansea, improving Swansea. Mm. under Paul Clement. Not going to be an easy one, this. This is a Swansea team that we've seen a little bit work on the training ground and, and, it, and it's put them in good stead. You say improving Swansea, I'm saying improving Man City. Improving. Young, improving Manchester City. Gabriel Jesus. I know yeah, it's against West Ham United. Swansea. He's improving yeah. and improving. Yeah, yeah, I know, but I've got to say mm. that I think City fans and manager and club might be a little bit excited about Leroy Sané, Gabriel Jesus, Ryan mm. Sterling's in great form, De Bruyne behind them. That, for me, looks a pretty yeah. good combination of four players to attack for that club. Yeah, it looks like there's a bit of a changing of the guard. We've talked about the ageing squad. Is Pep just starting to address that? The other one, big game at the KP, Leicester City, who are in a real struggle, Rob. 21 points, can't find a win anywhere against Manchester United, who are going to need the points to stay relevant in the top four. How do you see that one going? Can Leicester raise themselves again? Well, I think we're seeing that it's harder and harder to raise their game, and, and um, it's becoming... An emergency situation, and I still believe, given that situation, that Leicester City will find a way to get enough results to stay out of trouble. But it's looking pretty bad. I think for Manchester United, um, I just think I just still think the attacking chemistry is not as it should be. We've seen different players play with Abramovich and Pogba, um, and Jose for me is is underperforming, Robin, and that has to be a problem. But I still think they go there and they get a narrow one-nil victory at Leicester City. Yeah, I can't see much else than uh, United win. I think Leicester are the one team that could get drawn into it, Rob. We could have a bit of history. Champions one season, Champions League yeah, the next. Terrible. Running out of time, mate. So that just leaves us time to reward the tweet of the day. That goes to Eric Wilde. I know he's been trying a couple of times. He tweeted about Arsenal, their inconsistency, their boring and the mediocre. So make sure you direct messages your address, Eric. We'll get to Robbie Scarf in the post in the next couple of days. So on a weekend when most of the teams underneath them keep dropping points, Chelsea power to another victory to keep them nine points clear at the top of the table. And tomorrow we've got both Manchester clubs in two huge games. Remember, we'll discuss that on our podcast tomorrow, so look out for that one. And remember, for more debate, discussion and pretty often disagreement, make sure to subscribe to iTunes to download the two of his podcasts. Making sure you rate and review the shows for us, that goes a long way to increasing our reach. And as ever, you can listen to the Two Robbies football show each and every Premier League Saturday, 5pm Eastern Time on NBC Sports Radio. Thanks yeah, to thanks. our crew in Culver City. Yeah. Sorry, mate. Sorry, mate. Yeah, thanks for everybody as well for listening to the show and getting involved in social media. Uh, we'll be back next Saturday, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, to go through all the drama that is the Premier League. So until then, it's good night from me.
And good night from him. Good night. Good night. Napa know-how. There are lots of amazing cars on the road, but perhaps none more amazing than the paid-off car. It may not be pretty, but the price is right. Heck, if you keep that thing running, it'll actually start paying you. Because with Napa Rewards, for every $100 you spend, you'll get $5 off. So keep your car running longer, stronger with Napa Rewards, and watch the savings start rolling in. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.